Hi, and welcome to iloveedmontonrealestate.com. I'm Jason Scott, and my guest today is John Davis. John is the owner of Cabin to Castle Property Inspections, which is uh, the leading inspection company here in Edmonton. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so how did you get into uh, home inspections? I'm, I have a construction background. I had a small construction company for 27 years, and I was bought out by another company, and Knowing nothing but construction, I thought this was a good op- option for me. Um, I actually bought the company. It was a very small company, a one-man company, back in '98. And at that point, we um, I brought one of my superintendents with me, and we started learning the industry. Gotcha. And and you've grown substantially since then. Uh, we're now the largest inspection company in Alberta. We're not a franchise company. We're an independently owned company, so we have total control. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually been quite successful. Excellent. How many inspections would you do a year? Ballpark fair? I would say somewhere in the vicinity of 3,000. Wow. Okay. Do you specialize in residential uh, inspections or commercial? or? Well, we do the whole gambit of commercials. Uh, our bread and butter is definitely homes probably in excess of 90%. Uh, however, we do commercial buildings, multi-housing buildings. We do. We have government contracts with some of their buildings, do insurance inspections, light industrial. We're kind of a, a hope. We, uh, we do hotels across Western Canada. That's kind of a, a, a niche market for us. I think we're the only company that does it. Right. Uh, we have a, a, a very wide range of, of um, inspections that we do. Okay. So, but for our purposes and for the vast majority of your clients, it's a home inspection at the time that a client is purchasing a home. Is that right? Correct. Okay. John, can you tell us why people should get home inspections done on a property? Well, uh, the home inspection basically is going to tell you the mecha- mostly the mechanical and structural aspects of the house. Things that you, know, you can't see, things that we have that will tell us what may be structurally or mechanically wrong with the house. We're giving the, you the information to make the informed decision. As to whether or not to continue with the purchase. We'll never tell you to buy or don't buy a house. That That's not our mandate. Basically... Um, you know, if, if the house isn't good, we're giving you uh, enough information that you can make that decision yourself. Okay. So do houses fail a home inspection? Or? No, they don't fail. There's no pass or fail to a house. Basically, the reason why you want the home inspection is really to decide whether you want the house or not. It shouldn't be a negotiating tool. You know, houses, all houses are in different condition. And uh, everyone has a different price point. So, you know, if you're looking at a very low-end entry-level house and there's lots wrong with it, you could be cool with that. The price reflects what's wrong with the house. Your, your plan is to fix it up over time. You can use our report basically as a maintenance schedule or a repair schedule. You may not be looking for the perfect test. You may not be able to afford the perfect test. Right. Okay. What are some of the larger issues that you're looking for when when you're doing the inspections? Well, structural is always the big one. You know, mechanical can be repaired or replaced. Typically in, in older houses, especially, you know, 30s and 40s houses or even older, foundations are a problem. The quality of concrete wasn't good in, in that era. Those foundations are called river rock foundations, a very smooth rock with a mortar with actually a lot of sand in it. So um, we find foundations now we're seeing them fail quite readily. And so, those are, sorry, built in the 60s and 70s? 
Yeah, even prior to the, the 60s. Sorry, tell me about River Rock Foundations, because I haven't heard of that before. Well, and you see, you see a lot of them in the inner core of the city. The rock we use today is a very sharp gravel, and the mortar today adheres very well to the gravel. However, 40, 50 years ago, they were using a very smooth river rock, and the mortar that was used had a lot of, of sand in it. So basically, there's, there's with frost heave and moisture transfer through the concrete, it would break down the mortar. The rock can't hold the mortar because it's smooth, and the foundation would break down. Gotcha. So what are some of the more common issues that you do see in home inspections in Edmonton? A lot of lack of maintenance kind of stuff. Water is always a, a problem with houses, keeping water away from the house, you know, your drainage. When a house is, is built, when they backfill the foundation, that's loose fill. So over the years, it compacts, and now you're bringing water to the house, which can damage the concrete, find its way in, plug up weeping tile. Water and moisture is always the biggest problem with houses. Right. Okay. What other issues do you see? Like, uh, you know, from my perspective on the financing side, I see clients run into issues with, uh, as an example, 60 amp electrical service. Yes. I believe the Alberta Building Code says up to 990 or 980 square feet, I'm not sure which it is, you're allowed to have a 70 amp service. However, the insurance companies have kind of closed the door on that. They want 100 amp service on every property now. That can be fairly expensive. It can be three, $4,000 to upgrade the service. And of course, when you're first buying your house, you may not have that money. So we would be able to identify that for you. Okay. Another common thing that I've seen is aluminum wiring. How big a deal is that? Actually, it's, it's not a big deal. Aluminum is a good conductor. It's the connections that actually can break down. And it's a simple fix. The insurance company may tell you you have to change your wiring, but what they're actually saying is you have to change the wire at the connection. So typically, it's just moretting a piece of three-inch copper wire to the aluminum wire so your connection is copper. It, it's not a big deal. Most houses can be done for, you know, five or $600 and the insurance company will accept that. So, you know, aluminum wiring is one of those things that only happened in the 70s here. We see uh, polybutylene piping in the 90s, which was more of a problem in the United States than it was here. We do see some problems, but I would not not buy a house just because of polybutylene. You know, and then we had the, the untreated pine shakes in the early 2000s, they this, caused a lot of problems, especially in the river, uh, river Valley area. That's for roofing, right? That's for roofing, yes. Those are kind of the big ones. You know, the asbestos can be a concern in the older houses, uh, in the attic insulation, the vermiculite, or <clears throat> in flooring. Um, and that's kind of the flavor of the month right now. It's the mold and uh, asbestos. We do also do air testing for that sort of thing. Those are the big ones, I guess. Okay. So when someone hires Cabin to Castle, I mean, why are they hiring you? What sets your company apart from other? The major reason they're hiring us, the, the client is hiring us because of our construction background. You know, Service Alberta has uh, regulated us. They've set out some uh, approved courses. I think there's about eight or nine of them. Cabin to Castle only recognizes two of them. Our guys are all journeymen. We've got plumbers, electricians, and framers. And our big advantage in the industry is we work in pairs. You always get two inspectors. And typically, in a typical year, we would run about 14 inspectors. 
So you may have inspectors from different backgrounds all interacting with each other. So we kind of pride ourselves in having the knowledge of all 14 inspectors. You're, you're really not just hiring one or two inspectors. You're getting the knowledge of 14. And of course, ongoing education and changing technology constantly. We can not only tell you what's wrong with the house, but we can tell you how to fix it. Right. Okay. How big a deal is mold? Well, mold is everywhere. Uh, it's in our environment. It's, it's the, the type of mold and the amount of mold that can cause health problems. We find, you know, in Alberta, because it's dry here in the winter, we typically don't have a lot of, of mold as opposed to, you know, a coastal city. Most of mold is caused by lack of moisture control. Different ethnic groups who cook differently or, or aren't familiar with our environment don't run their exhaust fans. These new houses are airtight, so when you bring air in, you have to take air out. There has to be a balance. People from, you know, southern countries where the humidity is high want that humidity in their house, so they, their uh, humidifiers are set too high. You know, water is running down their windows. Wherever there's moisture and heat, there's a very good chance you're growing mold. Right. Okay. And is it asbestos? I mean, obviously, we hear in the news it's a big deal, but it, it, should that be a deal breaker on a house? Well, in most cases, no. If asbestos can't become airborne, it can't can't hurt you. So, you know, with the old asbestos floor tiles, they're, they're hard, they're brittle, they're, they can't become airborne. Typically, you would just cover them up with carpet or laminate. Right up until the mid-80s, we had uh, asbestos in drywall, mud and tape, uh, acoustic ceilings, all kinds of different stuff. Um, wraps on your, your ducting uh, could be asbestos. There are generally easy fixes for it. The attic insulation of the 50s basically have a, they were, they were using zonalite uh, material that we've tested several times. It does contain small amounts of asbestos, less than 1%. And, that's, and the attic is not the same airspace you're living in. So unless you're doing renovations, it's really not a concern. Okay. A lot of people, well, especially in a rapidly growing city like Edmonton, a lot of people are buying new homes from direct from builders. Does it make sense to do an inspection on a new house if you're you're covered by a new home warranty? Well, I and I was just dealing with that with a client today. Do I need an inspection or not? You know, a builder is only as good as their superintendents. Superintendents are not tradesmen. Basically, they know what trade comes next, and they're relying on city inspectors um, to inspect for code and, and um, make sure everything is put together properly. We find things wrong with new homes every day. Builders don't like us at all. We have the expertise to find the problems, whereas, you know, as a new home buyer, you're mostly looking at fit and finish. You don't know what's going on behind the walls. You don't understand the uh, technology in the house. So we're not only inspecting the house for you, we're also teaching you how to maintain the house and how all this new technology works. So what are some of the stuff or what are some of the issues that you're running into or seeing on new builds? One typical thing we see on a lot of new builds is the installation of stairs because the builder doesn't build the stairs. He buys them uh, and the installers in a lot of cases aren't supporting them properly. That's always a, a big catch. You know, typically, you know, the electricians are really good. We don't find a lot of electrical problems. However, someone has to explain to the buyer, 
how this new there's new technology in the electrical, how the arc fault breakers and ground fault breakers work and, and the maintenance of the electrical, there is maintenance. So that's always an issue, you know, the grade around the house again, because, you know, it's, it's freshly backfilled and has it been built up to accommodate some settling before it becomes a negative slope. Some fit and finish stuff. Humidity is always a problem in a new house. There's a lot of humidity put into the house at the time of construction. You know, basically that kind of thing. We do run into some structural issues, mostly support beams on larger decks that don't have piles under them. You know, concrete's always a problem if the ground isn't prepared properly prior to pouring. We usually come up with a pretty good list. Okay. So it makes sense to spend the $500 when you're buying a, a new property. Definitely. So you buy the new property, we do an inspection in a lot, you know, the builder will fix what he wants to fix. And then he's going to tell you, you have a a one year builder's warranty. The builder doesn't want to run back and forth. Every time you find a crack in your house, you're going to find cracks and nail pops. The house is drying out. It's typical. And I, and I understand why the builder's not running back and forth. However, it's extremely important to keep a list or hire an inspection company at the 11th month of your first year to go through the house, find everything that's wrong with the house. So when you do your one year walkthrough, you're armed with a list of things that require repair because after that one year warranty, you're totally on your own. That builder is not going to help you. You may be thinking right now, what about the builder's warranty? The five year uh, new home warranty. New home warranties, which people don't seem to understand, are only structural warranties. Unless there's a major structural issue, new home warranty doesn't offer any protection. So the builder may say, well, don't worry about it. You know, you have a new home warranty. That doesn't work for you in most cases, unless there's a major problem. So structural being like a foundation has cracked or... If foundation is cracked or, um, you know, some of the, the basement structures, are, your, your main beam may be rotating or, you know, you have the plumber when he was doing his thing in the house, he may have cut through some of the floor joists to accommodate his plumbing stacks and stuff, um, that sort of thing, which needs to be addressed. Right. Okay. So new home warranty is only going to cover very, very significant issues. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So it is buyer beware then, and, and if you're not getting you know a third party looking at the property, you're really flying blind. You are, you know, and that kind of brings us to bringing Uncle Joe in because he built a house once, and you may have friends that are that are journeymen in in a trade. We're trained in in all trades, and I'm not saying we have the knowledge level of a journeyman in every trade. But we have extremely good general knowledge in every trade. We're, we're, we're very well educated. So, and, and you know, if, it, if a situation ever goes to court, we have the credibility in court. So bringing in that family member that's going to help you out, realistically, that family member is there to show you how much he knows. And in most cases, it's really not enough. <laughs> right. Okay. So is a home inspection then kind of a warranty on the condition of the house or is it is it something different well that's a really good question prior to 2011 we were not a regulated industry anybody could be a home inspector whether they had construction experience or not they just started up their company they're usually a one-man company Uh, you know they they come through your house they give you their opinion based on 
any experience they may have, and that's it. There is no warranty because, you know, we first of all, we cannot be absolute. We are totally governed by Service Alberta. Uh, we our, our job is to give you the information of the condition of the house only at the time of the inspection, and we're very limited into we can't disassemble anything, we can't move furniture, only what we can see. There's a, you know, the general public basically is thinking, you know, if I have a home inspection, there's nothing wrong with the house. Well, unfortunately, that's that's not true. When we became regulated in 2011, Service Alberta basically put down the guidelines, threw them at us and said, okay, we're going to run with this for two years, see how it works, we'll, we'll address it in 2013. That still hasn't been addressed. The general public still thinks they're totally protected and we get calls all the time. You know, I've lived in my house six months and now this failed. Okay, at the time of the inspection, it was fine. Or uh, I, I bought this house, it had a, a four season sunroom. There's movement under that. I'm having structural issues with it. You guys didn't catch that. Well, maybe we didn't have access to the structure underneath. So we can only tell you what we can see. If there's, you know, the floors aren't cracking or windows aren't popping, there's no evidence of any movement. That's all we have to go on. So thinking that the home inspection is absolute is wrong. Why you would hire a company like ours is because the construction experience of our inspectors, the education and the tools give us, uh, you know, kind of a leg up on, on finding things that you, you can't find. And in a lot of cases, the builder or the superintendent doesn't have an understanding of the technology. So we're not absolute. There's a very good chance you'll move into the house and you may find something that we couldn't access. You know, we get calls from homeowners after we do inspections and, and they're saying, you know, you moved my couch and it, it, the, the feet aren't sitting in the indentations in the carpet where they were, or my blinds aren't level anymore. You know, our hands are really tied to what we can actually do in someone else's house. Right. Fair enough. In your opinion, and based on, you know, all the inspections you've done, if someone was to choose and we're looking strictly at, you know, building quality... Where's the sweet spot in terms of age of house? Is it 70s houses, today's houses, etc.? Well, you know, it's one way to gauge how well a house is built is when it was built. If a house is built in a boom time, like the early to mid 70s, those houses were put up pretty darn quick. And, you know, just follow the, the economy. When the economy's hot and houses are selling, the demand is there, they got to build them fast. And with, with limited skilled tradesmen in the 40s and 50s, those houses, the building material in the 40s and 50s was extremely good. It's all Douglas fir. A lot of it is overbuilt European pride in building. I'm a big fan of the older houses. The newer stuff um, has, has, the newer houses have a lot of technology in them. All engineered beams and, and joists, the air transfer systems, uh, safety systems. So I, I guess I would have to say following the economy is probably your best way of determining what era of house is the best, if that makes sense to you. Right. Okay. If I'm buying a condo, an apartment condo, should I bother with a home inspection? You know, it's kind of a peace of mind thing. Um, you know, we're not looking at structure. In a lot of cases, you know, you're, you're running off of boiler systems and we're not looking at heating. We're basically, you know, checking the receptacles to make sure they're wired properly. We'll get a look in the electrical panel. 
It's just a small sub panel. We'll check the appliances, record the serial numbers, look for water leaks. It's a limited inspection. It's a lot cheaper than a home inspection. And it's basically, it's, it's a peace of mind thing. Uh, a lot of the stuff you could check yourself if, you're, if you feel comfortable. Would I do a home inspection myself on a condo? Well, for me, because I'm in the industry, yeah, you know what, I, I, I think I would. It, it depends on your, your, your level of expertise, I guess. Right. Okay. Let's say uh, you had a, a nephew or a niece who was buying a place across the country, and obviously it doesn't make financial sense for you to fly in to do the inspection. How would you suggest they go about choosing a home inspector? There are only two provinces in Canada that are regulated, British Columbia and Alberta. And truthfully, not very well regulated because the industry isn't even policed here. So I'm, I'm sure there are lots of inspectors out there that aren't carrying insurance or a bond. How I would choose an inspector, you know, it's, it's all about construction experience in my mind. If, if the person isn't from construction industry, there's no way I would hire them. Have they taken any courses? Uh, how long have they been in business? References? You know, in, in, in a larger city, you can just call a bunch of real estate firms and say, um, you know, is, is there a specific home inspection company that you use that I could call and, you know, just put it out there as, as best you can. You're kind of unprotected. You're totally unprotected in every province except Alberta and B.C., and you're really not protected that well here either. So it's kind of a buyer beware thing. You have to do your due diligence. That construction experience is paramount. Can you give me any uh, stories of, of things that you or your crews have found that have been like kind of shocking? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, acreages and farms. Farms are always fun because farmers can fix anything. Not even close to code. It's you know it worked for me for forty years. I can, I'm amazed it didn't burn down. <laughs> um, the handyman handymen are very dangerous to properties. You know we see wiring and just shake your head. It looks like a bowl of spaghetti in the in the panel. Just really really amateur fixes. People building extensions on their houses without permits or um, putting up garages with no support at all. Um, leaning structures, we see that more than you would think. Really? Um, especially these older wood frame houses are 100 years old. Foundations are failing, you know, and you, it, it's funny because you, you, you stand across the street, you take your client across the street and say, what do you see staring at this house? <laughs> well, it's leaning to the south. Okay, maybe you should consider that before you go ahead with this. <laughs> so that sort of thing. Mostly handyman fixes. Those are the, we get a good chuckle out of some of that stuff. Are there any that come to mind offhand? Well, um, we did we did see a house actually in in the inner city, and what what had happened the the homeowner took the ceiling out of the second floor and he was going to make a loft out there, but he took all the supports out as well. So the the the, the roof is actually spreading, and you know again when you look at the house from a distance, you can you can see the upper walls are being pushed out by the by the gable roof because they've taken you know all of the sword out of it so now this this house is not even structurally sound you can't even sell it right um, i did it myself <laughs> <laughs> well you did that inspection no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so yeah again it's people without construction experience getting in there and uh, and and doing things on their own without the knowledge to do it right okay 
John, is there any other thoughts or comments you want to make before uh, we wrap things up? Well, I, I think um, it would. What I would really like to see in the industry, and I'm near the end of my career, is um, Service Alberta actually revisiting this situation because I think the the general public has a feeling that they're being protected because they had a, a home inspection, but without the industry being policed, realistically, they have no protection. We're, we're no better off than Ontario, which is, they're saying Ontario's 10 years out from being a regulated industry. So um, I, I think, you know, government, the government, if they're going to spend all this money to initiate this program, the ball shouldn't have been dropped. And it's we find it in our company very frustrating dealing with inspectors that really shouldn't be in the business and, and they're giving that false sense of security uh, to their clients. Right. Does it make sense to do, if you're selling a house, does it make sense to do an inspection before you're selling? Well, actually we do, I'm not going to say a lot, but you know, we do some where, you know, the homeowner basically wants to know what's wrong with the house prior to listing it. So they're not going to lose a deal because you know of um, of a dozen very minor repairs that they can do themselves it's kind of an accumulative thing there's it can be lots in a house we could find 20 things wrong with a house and 15 of them could be very very simple fixes the person buying the house they get a home inspection and they have this big list of things wrong with the household well, scaring them away if you get that inspection the homeowner gets the inspection he can address some of the small things or maybe adjust his price to accommodate you know, the failed shingles or the upgrade, any upgrades that may need to be done. So my answer is definitely yes, it's a really good idea. It may, it may save you um, losing a few deals when you first put the house on the market. Right. What do you think about the idea? I see this in my side of the business on the financing end. You know, the price is negotiated, the home inspection happens, and now they're using the inspection to renegotiate the price which really isn't the purpose of a home inspection. And we do get people, you know, that'll meet us in the driveway when they show up and they're saying, listen, I want you to find as much as you can so I can beat down the price. That's not why we're there. We're there for you to make the decision whether you want the house or not. The house may have things wrong with it, but it's priced because it has things wrong with it. There are some, you know, maybe latent deficiencies that you didn't know about going in, and maybe they can be negotiated, uh, but the prime purpose is not for negotiation. Right. So if you're buying a house that has a 20-year-old furnace and the inspection says, hey, this is a 20-year-old furnace, you probably shouldn't renegotiate to buy a new, a new furnace, right? Or to price in well, a Well, you know, it's, if it's a 20-year-old furnace, and today's furnaces are lasting 30 to 35 years, but if it's a 20-year-old furnace in a 20-year-old house and the furnace is a safe operating unit, there's no negotiating here. You're not getting a new furnace, you're not buying a new house. In your opinion? In my opinion, yes. Right. Okay. John, thank you very much for joining me today and uh, I wish you lots of continued success. You guys do a great job. Thank you very much.